the five guiding principles of our national life. You're listening to Indonesia in Depth. My name is Tanita. I'm Sean Corrigan. This is part two of our doubling down on data episode. In part one, we covered the data privacy protection draft bill that the government is finalizing and is planning to submit it to the parliament in early 2019. Now, the bill is one of the key components of the government's effort to revitalize the data protection regime in Indonesia and promote the growth of the digital economy. In part two, we will cover the government's move to revise a key regulation, DR82, from year 2012. Now, this is an implementing regulation for electronic information and transactions law, or also known as law number 11 of 2018, or ITE law. Now, the regulation implements several important aspects of the ITE law, particularly on data sharing and storage. The regulation is considered outdated, too vague, and was strictly imposing electronic operators to use data centers located onshore. Now, many business communities and experts believe that GR82 has made it difficult for Indonesia's e-commerce and cloud computing sectors to properly grow as the regulation makes it difficult for organizations to store and share data, especially in a time where data constantly flows across borders. So the government hopes to update GR82 as part of its effort to make Indonesia more attractive to foreign investments and the digital economy grow, or as what the Director General of Information and Application, Samuel Abriani, called as creating an ecosystem that would promote growth for those fields. So without further ado, um, to continue our discussion with Samuel Abriani, we talked again at length with him about the 2012 GR, its revision, and what the government is thinking for the future. So Sean, can you tell us more about the revision to GR82 and the takeaways from the meeting with Samuel that time? I asked uh, Director General Samuel about this, and he said that under the old regulation that you know, all data must be stored locally, and it wasn't clear as to which data specifically, uh, and it lacked guidance. In fact, uh, Samuel added that GR82 from 2012 was actually an obstacle to the country's efforts to transition to a digital economy. So he says that you know, the government really needs to revise this and will revise other regulations if needed to cater to all the interests uh, and to provide clarity. So the government understands that GR82 is a problem. But how detailed do you think the revision would be? Well, what's interesting is that this new revision will act sort of um, as an umbrella framework for data regulation, but that the regulators in each sector will have to set their own sectoral guidelines. You know, what came up often in the meeting was that he said that the regulator knows best. You know, the example was OJK, the Financial Supervisory Board, handles bank data restrictions because they know the area best, he said. So he kept coming back to saying that, you know, the regulator knows best. Okay, well, that's actually a very critical point, and I will get back to that later. Uh, but for now, can you clarify to us um, how data are going to be regulated under the revised regulation? Um, because as you said, this is one of the main reasons why the government is pushing for a revision in the first place. Yeah, one of the key points in this, or I would say the key steps in regulating data storage in the revised uh, regulation is by introducing a classification of data. Now, this is key because the government, through its regulatory agencies, will regulate the data based on three categories. 
uh, it will be strategic, high risk, and low risk data. So for strategic data, that is all data strategic in nature and deals with critical or sensitive national information. And it must be located and processed within Indonesia. In some instances, the data can be shared for emergencies or something like counterterrorism efforts, but there will be strict guidelines and a standard uh, operating procedure for this. Right, okay. So just to clarify on strategic data, those are all data relevant to national interest? Well, strategic data falls into eight categories. Governance, defense, finance, health, energy and mineral resources, uh, technology, informatics, and finally food security. Uh, data classified as strategic data involving these sectors must be stored onshore and there will be strict procedures uh, for sharing this data with other countries, as they just mentioned earlier. Okay, and how about high risk? High risk electronic data is data which effect is uh, limited uh, to the interest of the data owner and its sector. The government tells us that these types of data are typically controlled by companies, so they'll have an option to locate the data here or abroad. But unfortunately, the elucidation of the GR82 uh, revision does not provide an example of what high-risk electronic data actually is. Hmm. And is that also the case for low-risk data? Well, low-risk data is considered other than strategic and high-risk data. So it doesn't give you much details on this. It just, you know, if it's not high-risk data and it's not strategic data, then that's low-risk data. So that could be considered a lot of things. That's not very clear. Hmm. Yeah. So both high-risk data and low-risk data remain unclear. And in fact, Mr. Samuel said that there might be exceptions where operators can store their high-risk data even offshore, saying that in the end, you know, the regulators will decide. So even at this late stage in the revision process, there are still many uncertainties. Another interesting point, though, that comes up is about access to data. Now, the government at times will require access to high and low-risk data from data controllers. This can be used in times of um, evidence gathering, for example, in court or by law enforcement uh, with the consent of the controller. This usually comes through a court order, for example. But the key point here is to understand the wording, and the word is access. It doesn't mean providing the information. This means that the government, through the relevant regulatory agency, must be granted access to the data rather than the data controller providing data itself. And I think this is a real key difference. Yeah, it's like they can go into their system and take a look and meddle with themselves. Exactly. So it really comes down to, you know, real access. So, but just a quick background information. So in data management, there are three players that are involved. Uh, first one is a data owner, which are usually us, like the, the citizens who holds your identity, who have the legal rights to your, all of your identities and data. Uh, the second one is data controllers. Uh, these are typically companies or organizations that use or collect your data, such as banks or merchants. And the last one is data processor. This can entail Amazon Web Service or the AWS. So the revision to the GR will only regulate or at least focus on data controller and not so much on the data processor, right? Exactly. Now, going back to what you just said there, uh, I don't think that most companies or organizations only deal with one specific type of data. And even then, not all of those data are that black and white. 
what if there are mixed data, for example, one that has both strategic and high risk? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, not all sectors with strategic data have only strategic data, but also have mixed data, high and low risk data, for example. When the data is mixed, only the strategic data will be required to be stored and processed onshore, while the rest can be stored offshore. Indonesian authorities must have access to these high and low risk data, as we mentioned earlier, that are stored abroad even when needed and companies must comply. And I asked Director General Samuel what happens if the company is, you know, delays access or things like that. He says, well, if they don't provide it, we're going to block them and that there will be a clear regulation to protect Indonesian interests. So he was very clear on that point. The question I had, though, was who will classify the data uh, on a day-to-day basis? You know, will it be the companies themselves? If so, um, you know, who's going to make the guidelines? He says that the regulatory bodies will do that. But it's, it's still, right now, it's not very clear. And even then, if we give everything to the regulatory um, sectors, how can the government ensure the consistency among them, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be, if the responsibility is going to be on the companies themselves, then, you know, who's going to be enforcing that and overseeing that? Yeah. I know the regulatory body should be enforcing that, but, you know, how is it actually going to work in practice? Right. So that's actually a nice cue to return to the point on these sectoral regulators. So can you elaborate more on that? Um, the fact that even though the GR is claimed to be the umbrella or the framework uh, along with the bill for data management, and yet it still provides a clause, I suppose, that will kind of just delegate a lot of the points, especially on, on data storage to these sectors. He said that the technicalities will further be elaborated by each of the respective sectors as they know the data industry and the controllers best, as he said. However, it's unclear if all these regulatory institutions are ready to take this on, as many of them are having difficulties as it is. He used the banking sector as an example uh, and said, you know, it doesn't make sense to have all of the corporate bank data uh, stored here but the customer data needs to be stored locally because it has things such as you know, ID card information and other personal details. However, he says that you know, when a transaction is conducted, the name and the account number can, of course, be shared. But you know, he said that the government is aware that uh, it's too costly to force all banks to store all their data, to store all their corporate data in Indonesia because it's not economical. Uh, he stressed that you know, they intend to provide options in the new revisions uh, for banks and that this will be done through the OJK, which is the Indonesian Financial Services Authority. On another occasion in the interview, Samuel mentioned that he will be issuing further implementing guidelines to classify which activities should have their data stored onshore and that the number or scale of customers may be taken into account for consideration. For example, if you have only 100,000 accounts, you can store your data offshore. Say if you have 1 million and you have economic scale, then you need to store it locally, for example. I think my impression to that explanation is that, first of all, contrary to the earlier belief, the type of data, the strategic and then high-risk data and low-risk data, those are not the only factor which will determine where your data should be located or should be stored. And second of all, it appears that the sexual regulatory institutions like OGK are ultimately the ones that will regulate data storage requirement, while the revision to the GR, as well as the bill probably, will mainly just set up the foundation. Yeah, exactly. That came up, you know, over and over during our meeting. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Since we talk about OJK as an example, I'm interested in exploring that. Can you provide some background on OJK and how data storage plays a role in the banking system? Yeah, the Financial Services Authority, or locally known as the OJK, uh, is relatively a new agency which was established uh, back in 2011 and is an autonomous agency that supervises the financial services sector along with banks. The OJK is one of the sectoral regulatory bodies that has regulated uh, data storage requirements. In response to uh, GRED2, OJK issued a regulation in 2016 uh, which set the default rule for requiring banks to have their data centers in Indonesia and with some exceptions that can be made under certain circumstances. As the government now is revising this regulation, OJK has announced that it will revise its regulation and basically relax the requirements on data storage centers for foreign banks. But let's see how this actually gets finalized in the end. So, okay, we also spoke specifically about the banking sector with Mr. Samuel and how the revision will have an impact on the banking sector. So can you spill some more details on what uh, he said about this? Uh, he told me specifically that one national bank said they had a new banking feature, but the processing would have to be done outside of Indonesia. And under the new regulation, it would be allowed, he said, uh, as long as all the data was not sent when the processing occurs. Under the new guidelines, just the name and the account number would be sent outside of Indonesia. But the ID card information, say the maiden name and, and ID card number, uh, should be masked and not sent. You know, he reminded me that the government is uh, cognizant of the cost factor for businesses when it comes to data storage. And he said once again that in some cases, you know, a sector may not be at economic scale to process uh, all of their high-risk data uh, locally. He gave another example uh, and mentioned an American bank he said they didn't have enough transactions with the Indonesian customers yet, so the data would be stored onshore, but they would be allowed to process it offshore. this revision of the GR right now and what do you think should the business players be wary of in the next few months? So the director general uh, told me that his office has worked closely with you know business associations, business players uh, in banking, financial technology, insurance, airline sectors, among many others uh, during the revision process. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity yet to speak to some of the players and get their point of view uh, and to confirm if this is true, and also so they get their thoughts on the revisions. Okay, so I suppose the draft has been completed, and is it somewhere in the ministries, or where is it now? So the office is working with the Ministry of Law and Human Rights and other uh, ministries to make sure that the revisions are in sync with other laws. And then when the final draft is ready, the state secretariat will ask the president to sign it. So from your description, it seems like it's in the final stage. But for months now, I think the government has been stating that the revision for GR82 is in the final stage and, you know, will be signed in the immediate future, but only to experience further delays. So I can't help to ask you these two questions. First of all, when will the final draft be completed? 
And second of all, when will the president approve and sign their new regulation? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've heard the government saying that this regulation uh, is in a final stage and is about to be signed. We have been hearing that for several months now. So it's sort of like in the position of crying wolf. Uh, you know, it's coming, it's going to be finalized, it's coming out soon, and then it doesn't happen. So we're hearing that again. Director General Samuel said that he hopes that the process will be done by the end of this year, 2018. But what is important to note is that he also hinted that the close of the year could also slow progress, along with the fact that some quote-unquote fine-tuning remains to be done, which could take some time. When I asked uh, the Director General if he is optimistic that the revisions to the regulation can be signed by the end of this year, he said, quote, this regulation is a must to support the country's effort to transition to a digital economy and that the government hopes that this will pave the way to manifest Jokowi's ambition to make Indonesia the energy of Asia in a digital economy, unquote. So he knows the urgency is there, uh, but again, it doesn't rely just on his ministry. There's other regulations that need to be synchronized with this one, which takes time. So it's not just up to his office to get this done. Is there any major objection to the current draft, perhaps? Well, yeah, I mean, the director general said that he has met with some of the local data center associations and they have voiced their opinions uh, to his office and that many of them are hoping that the government would retain or even expand the current articles that require data to be stored onshore. So their discussions are still ongoing, even in this late stage. So we'll see what happens with that. It seems like just with the GDPR that we discussed last time and this revision, there's a long-term goal that the government wishes to achieve. And I think one of the things that the director general keeps on repeating is that these are the bedrock of Indonesia's digital economy. Yes. Um, so can you explain how Samuel viewed the trajectory of this regulation? So he admitted that Indonesia has failed to keep up with you know, the move to a digital economy and it is not as competitive as it should be. Um, so these revisions are part of the government's effort to create a quote-unquote ecosystem to support the country's digital economy. He said such an ecosystem would eventually make it more economical for companies with many Indonesian users to keep their data onshore. And the hope is that such an ecosystem would eventually have a supporting infrastructure, connectivity, accessibility, uh, and talent in place to attract investment in things such as cloud computing, data storage businesses, and so on. Is it then the plan for him to take back all of these companies that have their data storage abroad? Well, he said that, you know, since Indonesia lacks this so-called ecosystem, that it's not possible to prevent existing companies from establishing their data centers abroad, despite the number of Indonesian users they have now. For example, he went on to say that Indonesia remains more expensive than Singapore and that the government is studying the Singapore model closely in an attempt to make Indonesia more attractive. But, you know, it takes more than just regulations to really make changes like that. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, um, this is worthy to point out that Facebook, its data center is in Singapore to serve Southeast Asia countries and also India. The reason behind this is because Singapore, according to Facebook, is a major Asia-Pacific convergence point for submarine cables, which makes it less risky than other markets. Furthermore, stability and its advanced economic status on the region are also other reasons why Facebook have their data centers there.
stepping aside from the revision, so this issue of data control has also come up during the generalized system of preferences or GSP negotiations between Indonesia and the U.S. this year. With the U.S. urging Indonesia to remove onshore data storage restrictions in the existing regulation, which is the current GR 2012. Now, just as a background for our listeners, the Trump administration is threatening to remove Indonesia from a list of countries that receive special trade terms under the system called Generalized System of Preferences, or GSP. Now, this is a facility that gives reduced tariffs to about 2 billion US dollars of Indonesian exports. Indonesia began receiving this status in the late 1970s, so it has been going on for a while, and it was extended during the Obama administration. The idea behind TSP was that to help Indonesia's, at that time, considered young economy to grow. And today, Trump claims that there is over a 9 billion US dollar trade deficit in the US that actually favors Indonesia. So now he says that this special trade situation has created serious negative effects on American commerce, especially when Indonesia data regime is also hostile to foreign investors that in which it requires them to have their data centers onshore. So it seems like getting the laws and regulations on data control right is one of the keys to any changes to this GSP policy. Was Samuel aware of this policy or this issue? Well, Samuel and his team emphasized to me that the government has been working on easing data storage restrictions uh, since he first took office, actually, as Director General of Information and Applications back in 2016. Now, this is before President Trump uh, took office or even raised the issue. He also added that the government has been making an effort to remove any of the restrictions. Uh, and he says, you know, we're not revising GR82 just because of the issue with America and its GSP program. But it's actually part of our digital transformation, which consists of uh, preparing human resources, our local businesses, and the government to grow our digital economy. He appeared very confident that the data issues between Indonesia and the U.S. would be solved once the final revisions are actually signed. Well, we'll have to wait and see what the final revisions look like in the end. So I think that's a wrap of our discussion with Samuel Abriani from the Ministry of Communication and Information. This is also as an addition to our previous meeting with Satya Yuda from the parliament. So now, theoretically, we're supposed to be able to get the entire perspective from the government, both from the ministries and also from the parliament. But as you can tell, I think the two fundamental legal framework both the draft bill on data privacy protection and the revision to GR82-2012 seem to be inconclusive. Here are some of our takeaways. So the revision to the GR may be more exhaustive in specifying that not all types of data should be stored locally. But it remains unclear as to what they are, who will specify it, and how will they go in harmony across different sectors. The revision to the GR may also signal a more flexible term for business communities, but it will also delegate some of its most important points to the sectoral regulatory bodies such as OJK and others. And to be honest, we don't know what they will regulate in details yet. Now these are just few of the issues that we can point out from the draft revision to the GR. We hope to get some more clarity and suggest that you, our listeners, will also follow this important revision too. 
Yeah, I agree.、Um, although the government tells us that the revisions to the government regulation are in the final stages, there's still work to be done and changes to be made. You know, my concern is that we are coming to the end of the year, and that could create further delays for the revisions, and that the final revised regulation won't be signed by the president until early 2019. Now, this would come at the same time as the data privacy protection bill is scheduled to be deliberated in parliament. So, we will have to keep an eye on developments going forward and see what happens. This is Indonesia in depth. I'm Tanita, and I'm Sean Corrigan. You can email us at info at indonesiaindepth.com. That's without the hyphen. You can also follow us on Twitter at indoindepth with no hyphen, so you can get our updates and new podcast episodes. You can listen to the program on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, and even on Amazon's Alexa. Just say Alexa, play Indonesia In Depth podcast. Welcome to and、Indonesia、it will start、In、playing. Depth, Thank you for listening. See you soon. Thank you very much.